following message is from the North Shore Christian Centre MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Centre is available at www.nscc.org.au. Let's, let's get into the Word of God. I've got something really important to share with you about blessing and about living a blessed life. So if you open up to Numbers chapter 22, I want to talk to you about just this whole series that I've been doing right from the beginning of the year called The Blessed Life. Because God spoke to me at the end of last year and said, this year is going to be a year of blessing and favor for the people at North Shore Christian Center. And uh, how many of you are believing for blessing upon your life? Who wants to be blessed? What's the option? Being cursed. Well, Jesus died that the curse might be broken. Just remember that. Galatians chapter 2. Tell us that he became a curse, that we might be free from the curse, so that the blessing of Abraham might, bless, might, might be resting upon us. So, the curse has been broken. Can anybody say amen to that? Amen. How exciting is that? Now, what God wants you to do is to live in blessing. So, what this passage in Numbers gives us an insight into is this, is that if God has blessed you, nobody can curse you. How good is that? So this is what it says. So the background of the story is the story of the children of Israel going from Egypt to the promised land. And on the journey, they're confronting all sorts of enemies that want to stop them on the way. But because God was with them, God gave them victory over their enemies. God gave them victory over the Egyptians, who at that time was the most powerful army in the world. God drowned them in the Dead Sea. It was just unbelievable, great, amazing stories. But uh, as they're journeying, they're confronting all sorts of nations that are trying to stop them, and God gives them victory. So they get to this place called Moab, and the king of Moab, whose name was Balak, Balak, everybody say Balak, Balak, just an incredible name, Balak. Anybody call their kids Balak? Didn't think so. And, uh, And so Balak is just so aware that every nation that these people had confronted, the blessing of God was so powerful upon them that they would destroy the enemies. And so Balak thinks, man, I'm next on the list. What am I going to do to stop? What am I going to do to stop these people? I I don't want to be a dead king. I want to be a live king. And so we found out that there was a guy called Balaam, who was a prophet, very powerful. And so he went and hired Balaam to come and curse these people. And so after the messengers came to Balaam, to bail him up and to pay him to go curse, God speaks to Balaam. And this is what God says in Numbers 22 verse 13. You shall not curse the people. So God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people for they are blessed. So I want you just to get into your spirit. Nobody can curse what God has blessed. I want everybody to say that. No one can curse what God has blessed. Come on, say it again. No one can curse what God has blessed. Then I want you to say, I'm blessed by God because of Jesus. There you go. So you've got to be living free from that curse. Now, so this is the way the story goes. So Balaam says, man, I can't curse. I can't curse these people. I can't curse these people. And, and, and Balak is so upset because he's wanting to give him a room full of gold to curse the people. He says, I can't do it. But 
There's another verse in Numbers, and this is found in Numbers 31, verse 16. And in Numbers 31, verse 16, this is called Balaam's counsel. And so what Balaam says to to Balak, I can't curse these people, but I can tell you how to get the blessing off them. He says, well, yeah, tell me that. And so Balaam understands that the only way that the blessing can come off these people is if they sabotage their own blessing. And so Balaam's counsel was, I can't curse them because God has blessed them, but they can actually sabotage their own blessing. And this is what you have to do. Get them to disobey God. And if they disobey God, they'll sabotage their own blessing. And so he, he counseled them. He says, get some pretty girls. Get the pretty girls. And they'll go down into the camp and they'll dance before the guys and tempt them. And the guys' will, eyeballs will pop out and they'll chase the, the, the pretty girls. And the pretty girls will commit fornication with them. And once they've got that sex tie happening, then they're just led wherever the girls take them. It's an amazing thing what, what immorality can do to your whole mindset. It can just wreck your... Immorality will cause your life to be led by your testosterone rather than by your logic. And too many people are led by their testosterone rather than their logic. And so what happened, once the girls got them going, they led them to the idols. And the guys worshipped the foreign idols and did exactly what God told them not to do. And the Bible tells us the plague came and 24,000 of them were killed by a plague until they realized, oh no, what we've done is wrong. And they repented, asked God for forgiveness, the plague was stopped, and they got back on track again. Very powerful thought. You say, well, how does that relate to us? Well, the way that it relates to us is that there are certain behaviors that are either blessing bringers or blessing blockers. So God, if you're a Christian, has already commanded blessing to come upon your life. And so there are certain behaviors, certain things that you can do that either increase the blessing or block the blessing. So there are blessing bringers and blessing blockers. So let's look at three things that are blessing bringers and three things that are blessing blockers. The first thing I've already mentioned, the first blessing bringer is obedience. And the opposite to that is a blessing blocker And the blessing blocker to obedience is disobedience, as simple as that. Deuteronomy 28 is a chapter that is a really important chapter that opens up this whole concept of obedience because it's Moses' last message to the children of Israel as they're about to enter the promised land. And Moses says, listen, guys, can I just summarize it all down? I've given you the Ten Commandments, you've got that, but even a, even a briefer summary, I can even summarize the Ten Commandments just in one little sentence, and that's this, obey God. If you obey God, then the blessing will chase you down. The blessing will overtake you. You'll be blessed in the country. You'll be blessed in the city. The fruit of your land will be blessed. Your flocks will be blessed. Your cattle will be blessed. Everything will be blessed. Then he says, but the flip side of that is whatever you do, don't disobey God. Because as soon as you disobey God, the blessing will be blocked and the curse 
will come. And, and, and everything that was once blessed now becomes cursed. So, and it's connected to obedience versus disobedience. Come on, guys. Can we get hold of that? If you want blessing upon your life, obey God. Yes. Obey God. Yeah. So the next question is, well, what does obedience look like? I'm so glad that you asked that question, Liz, Liz Lee. What does obedience look like? Well, l- let me tell you what obedience looks like. Because obedience is the intersection of two things. Obedience is the intersection of the Word of God and the Spirit of God. So, so this is the Word of God. And then the Holy Spirit of God is God who dwells within us that confirms the Word of God in us. And so let me explain the way that this works. The way this works is that when you obey God's word, the Holy Spirit is at peace within you. And so you will feel the peace because you're obeying God's word. When you disobey God's word, the Holy Spirit will be agitated within you. And so you'll feel this agitation because the Spirit of God and the word of God coincide. And so when those two things intersect and you feel the peace, then that's cool. Now, what happens with a lot of people is this. They twist the word of God and they see their conscience. They twist the word of God and they block the Holy Spirit. Now, let me tell you what happens in a situation like that. Then you've got the broader body of Christ that stands up and says, you're deceived. You've actually blocked the spirit of God and you've twisted the word of God. You're deceived. So whenever someone gets up and says, everybody else is wrong and I'm right, that's deception right there. Right there, that's deception. Why is that? Because anybody that elevates themselves above the body of Christ, the church of God, the people of God right across the world that love God is walking in deception. Anybody that says, that's okay for you, but God said to me differently, that's deception right there. And you're walking in disobedience. You're walking in disobedience. You're walking in disobedience. Can I tell you, immorality is always wrong. It's never right. And if anybody tells you that it's right, they are in deception. Let me go another step further. I'm going to get myself into trouble, but it's okay. Because I only get myself into trouble with the powers of darkness. I don't get myself into trouble with the kingdom of God. So let me say that God created sex for marriage between a male and a female. And it's the glue that brings them together. Can I just say very emphatically that sex outside of marriage is not God's purpose for your life. And anything, I don't care what you call it, I don't care what label you put on it, is immorality. And it's not righteous before God. And so in The beautiful confines of marriage between a man and a woman, it is a beautiful thing that God's created. Outside of the confines of marriage, it's a disaster. It creates havoc. It doesn't create joy. It creates havoc. Why? Because God created it as glue to bind together a man and a woman in holy matrimony. Now, you can shout me down. You can do whatever you like, but I'm a messenger from God with the truth, not to condemn people, but to lead people into righteousness. 
And so if you are operating outside of that definition that I've just said, my heart goes out to you and says, you will miss out on the blessing of God. So, so why would you want to miss out on the blessing of God chasing disobedience? Because you're the one that misses out. Oh, no, 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 but you, 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 you've got to give me a rubber stamp. You, you, you've got to accept. Look, we do accept you, but we don't accept your sin. Our church is open to anybody. Our arms are wide open. We want to embrace every single human being and show them humanity and show them love and show them acceptance for their humanity. But we're not going to open up our arms to sin, nor will, we be, nor will our mouths be closed to unrighteousness. What the Word of God says is the Word of God, and as soon as a church decides stop speaking the truth of God's word out of fear of whatever, then they've compromised on the truth of God. And we will not do that, church. Nor will we become so hateful that we become haters of people. We're not haters of people. We're lovers of people. But we love them enough to tell them the truth. And love them enough to to do the journey with them until they discover the truth. I don't expect you to be perfect. But I expect you to desire perfection. I don't, I don't expect you to get everything right immediately. But I expect you to desire to get things right. But please don't be one of these people that want to dictate to us what the truth is. Because you've twisted the scripture to appease your own conscience. You need, you need people that love you enough to tell you the truth. You need people around you to love you enough to lead you into the paths of righteousness. You need people enough to love you enough that the day that you stand before God, you will not be cast from his presence, but you'll be welcomed into his presence. There's got to be someone in your life that loves you enough to direct you in that direction. Amen? Amen. Okay, so that's obedience. You ask the question, you've got the answer. Let me tell you the second blessing bringer. (laughs) The second blessing bringer that I want to talk to you about is a sweet spirit. Just this whole sweet spirit. There's just something about, and when I talk about spirit, I'm talking about your inner world. You're getting this? Your inner world. There's something happening in your inner world that's either in order or out of order. So when Jesus did the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. He gives what we call the Beatitudes, but I like calling them the Be Blessed Attitudes. The Be Blessed Attitudes is the Beatitudes. And so there's this blessing that's promised. And, and one of the blessings is, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And Matthew chapter 5. And so when I say pure of heart, sweet spirit, it's the same thing. Pure heart, sweet spirit. It's about your inner world being right. Your inner world being ordered. Your inner world being righteous. Your inner world just getting into some sort of order. And I want to say to you that 
that there is a wrestle, there's a fight that we have. The Bible tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. There are evil things out there that want to actually pollute and defile our inner world. And some of these things are almost legitimate. And the way that I see it, it's like there's a knock at your door and the enemy is there with a package. And the enemy comes knocking at your door with this package and he says, hey, there's your name on this package and I'm here to give it to you. Well, where did this package came from? Oh, well, this package came from that argument that you had with your neighbor the other day. And well, what's in this package? Oh, when you open it, you'll find out. And so you take it inside. You've received it. No questions asked. You haven't asked the deliverer, whether he's an authorized deliverer or an unauthorized deliverer, because let me tell you, the enemy is never authorized. The only authorized deliverer of messages for you is the Holy Spirit. He is authorized from heaven with a package that is always good. The enemy comes unauthorized. And when you take that package inside your house and you open it up, it's a bomb. It just goes kaboom. And it's filled with defilement. And defilement just splashes everywhere. It goes to the ceiling. It goes to the wall. And it's filled with hate and revenge and nastiness and ugliness. And, and, and you start just, you, everything on the inside of you starts to twist. And you start to feel anxious and anxiety because in the package is defilement. I don't know how many times people have just automatically opened the door to the unauthorized messenger and receive the package, and it's just the father in a world. Now, this is the fact, that you can't go through life without bad things being done to you. You can't go through life without people offending you. You can't go through life without people hurting you. Is there anyone in this room today that can say, nobody has ever, ever done anything wrong to me my whole life? Is there anyone here like that? Because let me tell you, I don't know what planet you've come from, because I know that you don't have to be alive too long to have people do something bad. So you can't stop people offending you, but you can stop the offense coming into your house. And this is exactly what the enemy does. He wants to get the offense that's happened outside and bring it into your inner world. And they're just, bang, exploded everywhere. And what happens is that your heart becomes defiled. And out of the defilement of your heart, you start getting these bad thoughts. What am I going to do? I mean, this is where my mafia links come in, you know. <laughs> For those of you that are new in my church, my, my grandfather was in the mafia before he got saved. And uh, he used to carry two pistols. And... Um, he, he and his cousin were the leaders of the mafia in their village. And they both got saved. And um, they nearly died. Matter of fact, um, this cousin of my grandfather's had the mafia gang dig a grave for him and put him in the grave and said, we're going to bury you alive unless you renounce your Christianity. And he said, you can... You can do whatever you like, but I found the savior of my life and I'd rather go to heaven than stay here and reject him. 
And they left him alone. But they had to make a blood pact, apparently, to uh, not divulge all the secrets. So um, there you go. So you've been warned. What can I say? <laughs> Where was I going with that? So, so, there's, so for me, there's almost a generational pattern that had to be broken off of, of revenge and anger and, you know, you, you, know, you, just, um, you, get your, you get even with people big time, you know, just but totally broken off so that that, that pattern isn't there. Sometimes I've got to work it through with my kids to, uh, to, work it, to work it out. One of them's in the military. He uh, flies a black hawk, so watch out. Um, maybe it sort of slipped a generation. But the point that I make is this is that you can't allow this stuff to dominate your world if you want the blessing. Because it actually blocks the blessing. A sweet spirit attracts. It's a blessing bringer. A defiled spirit is a blocker. And you know what? If, if you feel that your spirit has been defiled, if you feel that there's just all sorts of junk on the inside of you, you know, it's time to hand it over to God and say, God, yeah, there's been junk all through my life. My walls are splattered. My carpet is splattered. But would you just come in and just give me a spring clean? Just get rid of all this stuff. Just, just clean it up so that my inner world can be at peace again. And you know what? As you begin to forgive, as you begin to release, as you begin to let go, as you, as you begin to come against all of those negative thoughts, those evil thoughts, those defiled thoughts, God will clean you up on the inside. You'll have the sweet spirit and bang, the blessing will flow. How many of you know that sweet-spirited people are magnets to blessing? It will come, your, it will chase you down. It will overtake you. I'm telling you, sweet-spirited people are blessed people. So here it is, number three. First blessing bringer was obedience. Second blessing bringer was blessing blinger. Don't you love that? The blessing blinger. And the third blessing bringer is generosity. Those in the first service already memorized the generosity. There's something powerful about generosity. You know, kind of, I kind of think that if there's one characteristic that really reflects the nature of God is generosity. Now you think about that, generosity, just this generous heart. It's the heart of God. Think how generous God was in giving us salvation. Think how generous. He bankrupted heaven. I mean, he could have given anything. I mean, he looked at the storehouses of heaven. What could he have given? The streets are made of gold, diamonds, jewels, whatever. So he went for the most precious, his only begotten son. He did not withhold his most precious for us. How generous is that? Is that the ultimate giving of generosity? Your only begotten son? How, how incredibly generous is that? And so what happens with us is that we connect to the generosity of God when we pray. And so when we pray, we believe in God as a generous God. Otherwise, we wouldn't pray, would we? We sort of, if you didn't believe God could do and God could give, you wouldn't pray. But every time you pray, you're actually tapping into your belief in God's generosity. Are you getting that? And so, and so for us, as God people, God wants us to be generous. This is what it says in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24. There is one who scatters, yet increases more. There is one who withholds more than is right, 
and it leads to poverty. And it's like the, the writer of the Proverbs is saying, this is crazy. It's like there's, there's one that actually scatters and you'd think that in, in the scattering, you'd have less, wouldn't you? Wouldn't that be logical? Come on, you, you've got this and you've given it out and what's logical is you're going to have less. And then it's like, but, but in actual fact, it actually increases. How does that work? And then he flips it over. He says, and then there's another one who withholds more than is right and it leads to poverty. And the conclusion is this. The generous soul will be made rich. That word rich means to be satisfied with good things. The generous soul will be satisfied with good things. Come on. Come on. Just get into a spirit of generosity. Just a whole spirit of generosity. Would you be generous with your forgiveness of others? forgiveness you either choose to give it or you choose to withhold it generosity but that person doesn't deserve it ah that's what generosity is all about they don't deserve it but you don't know what they've done that makes you a greater giver when you do know what they've done and still you give wow who are these people people reflecting the nature of their father see what see see this is the challenge you have you can either you can either reflect the nature of the enemy who is always take 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 destroy 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 me 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 that's that's the nature of the enemy or you can reflect the nature of god which is give 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 love 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 Forgive, 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 be kind, be generous. Whose children are you? Whose children are you? Children of God or children of the enemy? Because I'm making a decision. And my decision is I'm going to reflect the heart of God. I want to be generous. I want to be gracious. I want to be generous in everything. You know, with some people, what's funny is this. They can be generous in one area of their life, but not in the other. How many men have we got here? Say, yes, that's me. See, what happens with a lot of men is they can be generous in their provision of things. So they go to work and they work and they work and they work and they give and they give and they give. And and for them, that's their demonstration of love. But sometimes the people around you not only need a demonstration of your generosity of things, but also a demonstration of your generosity of words. Sometimes what people need more than anything else is to be told, I love you. You are precious to me. You're beautiful. I so appreciate you. You mean the world to me. Just to be generous with those sort of words. Now, with some of you, if that hasn't been the demonstration from your family line, you'll find it very, very difficult to be able to do that. But somebody, somewhere, has got to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm going to be the beginning of a new generational line. 
I'm going to be the beginning of a generational line that knows how to demonstrate love, that knows how to speak love, that knows how to, how to, how to embrace rather than... What is that? You know? Just, oh, I just feel so uncomfortable. Well, get over it. Just get over it. Start to get comfortable with it. Why is that? Because we are human beings that have emotions. And we need to express our emotions to be whole. If you can laugh, you can cry. If you can mourn, you can dance. And you've got to be able to do both. You've got to have the emotions of both realms, rather only the emotions of one realm. If you've only got the emotions of one realm, just the anger or the, the whatever, you, you, you need to get into the other realm, which is just love and embrace and being generous with that, just being generous. And some of you got to trigger that in your life. Just start to be generous with that. Just start, start to be generous. Look, look for opportunities to be generous. Start looking for ways to compliment. Start looking for things. Well, yeah, but, but I'm used to finding the faults. I'm used to finding the... Because I'm a problem fixer, I love finding problems. Well, that's your problem. <laughs> right there. I've identified it. Stop looking for the problem and start finding the good and maybe finding the good will resolve the problem. Is that a word of wisdom for somebody? I don't know what it is, but I'm saying it. Generosity. You know, the opposite of generosity is stinginess, just where we become stingy and just withhold even that which is right. Just, just oh, I can't give it away. Can't give it away. Come on, just start giving it away. Just understand that that by you giving it away, you actually create multiplication and something triggers off in others. By you being generous, the person that receives your generosity also feels that maybe it's important for them to become generous. You know that whole thing of pay it forward? And uh, wouldn't it be awesome if we could just get the whole spirit happening right across the world where our generosity triggers off someone else's generosity, that triggers off someone else's generosity, that triggers off someone else's generosity. All of us then become beautiful, warm-hearted, embracing, generous people, just enjoying the blessing of God. Because obedience, sweet spirit, and generosity will bring blessing into your life. Disobedience, defiled spirit, and stinginess will block blessing from your life. And you've got a choice today whether you're going to change your behavior to bringing blessing or stay in bad behavior and block blessing. Your choice. But you know what, as your pastor, I so, so want you to be blessed. I so, so want you to understand this principle. I so want you to embrace this message as a life principle that as for me and my house, we're going to obey God. We're going to walk with a sweet spirit and we will be generous. How many of you are going to make that your culture? So if that's you, I want you to open up the palms of your hands to heaven because we're going to pray. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Centre Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials. 